Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Review of Death. A Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest-running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60-year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not um. as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Simon, you might notice I'm sounding a bit different tonight. You are? Yeah, uh, this kind of thin echo on my voice. You're broadcasting from a massive hall like, <laughs> on stage, live on stage. That's, As you should be, Steve. That's right. It's a kind of um, large-scale zoo radio thing at the Royal Albert Hall here. This is where, uh, on the podcast version, I will edit in the sound of a crowd cheering in the background. No, I'm I'm in uh, I'm round at a friend's house where I've been watching the Cricket World Cup final today. Big day for cricket. Uh, and I'm now using her spare room as the One Life Left recording venue. Uh, have you asked her? <laughs> I think she'll be surprised. You can probably hear her clattering around. Uh, I can. Yeah, you obviously haven't told her that there's a broadcast <laughs> happening. She said I'm going away for an hour. Um, just trying to keep <laughs> the noise down. Uh, she might have thought I was joking or something. But yeah, it's been a lovely day. Um, did you watch the cricket? I had to try and steal some um, some viewings. Uh, my... Wife was doing a baby shower uh, online with my uh, sister, my youngest sister, who's expecting a baby shortly. So I took Ramona out to soft play, which was horrific. <laughs> um, we bumped into some uh, parents that, and, well, and a child, obviously, to be honest, just the parents were there, um, of uh, someone that Ramona goes to nursery with. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of rolled our eyes and just went, this is awful, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so anyway, what I had hoped was 
I'd send her off into this, you know, padded scaffolding where I could watch Sky Sky Sports main event. Uh, it didn't quite work out like that. She re- required a little more attention. Uh, but yeah, I managed to catch her here and there. And I thought that New Zealand, uh, you know, did all right in the first innings. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Australia came back. I think uh, it was a fun game, but we have once again chosen exactly the wrong time to watch Australia peak just before the Ashes. And I'm now not looking forward to the next three months. No, uh, not long to go, is it? Mm. Why is soft play so horrific? Uh, but just because it's full of kids. Ah, yeah, of course. Like full of, uh, and you know, I, I'd be, I mean, I am double vaccinated, obviously, but I've, I've definitely got COVID now. <laughs> It's my birthday a week on Wednesday and I'm going to be out of it for COVID because I tried to steal a glance at the cricket. Oh, well, thank you at least for pointing in the effort to do that so we could chat about it. Uh, That's killed about two minutes of this week's One Life Left. For the rest of the 58 minutes, we'll be talking about video games, won't we, Simon? I would have thought so, Steve. Uh, I will I, I will say that we're broadcasting in quite stressful conditions. Not only are you echoing, but you are dropping out of my ears now and again. So I'm just going to agree with anything you say. <laughs> OK, I'm looking forward to Simon Byron's Fast Five then. Um, God. Yeah, we've got news coming up uh, very, very shortly. We'll have uh, some reviews later in the show. Although once again, Simon, I've not played any video games uh, and we will have letters. We definitely have letters this week. We have lots and lots and lots of letters, which is great, including a letter about a complaint that we didn't read out a letter. So that'll fill in a few minutes as well. Excellent news. Good. Have you picked some news stories this week? I have, Steve, yes. Have you got any? I have a few, yes. So okay, good. Let's get on with that. This is the news. Okay, do you want to go first or shall I? Well, I'm really so. What I do uh, on this uh, in the hours before we broadcast is that I'll flip open the internet uh, on my phone. I'll scroll through videogameschronicles.com until I've got four or five, but I'll share each individual story to Google Keep, which is what what I then open up once I get to the shed. I've got. Only three stories there. Um, but the fourth entry uh, reads, Spiced Rum and Coke, San Miguel times two, Brava <laughs> times three, Doom Bar, and Thatcher's Gold. It's quite round, isn't it? <laughs> Very generous of me. Very good, Simon. Uh, but, but the next story uh, is uh, from videogameschronicles.com. Users who have obtained the upcoming 20th anniversary Xbox controller early have discovered that it features Xbox Boss... Phil Spencer's signature. Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge, posted images to Twitter that show off the controller. Under the plastic panel that covers the batteries, the phrase, when everybody plays, we all win, is shown, followed by Phil Spencer's signature. The controller, which will launch on November 15th to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the launch of Xbox, is translucent with neon green accents. The controller also features a small Xbox 20 logo. Microsoft is set to hold a special 20th anniversary live stream. Uh, It said it won't announce any new games during Monday's event, but urged fans to tune in. That's nice, isn't it, that uh, Phil Spencer's gone round and signed (laughs) 
signed all of the controllers. I mean, uh, in like a <laughs> this like in microcosm, this is not interesting at all, is it? It's just a plastic scribble by someone. Uh, but as a human thing, how do you think this has happened? Why do you think this has happened, Simon? Well, th- there is now becoming a, a tradition of of putting um, hidden messaging on some hardware, isn't there? I think we've seen that on some Nintendo stuff recently. What I thought was um, interesting about this is, is that Phil has signed it, the 20th anniversary. Phil wasn't around when the Xbox launched, though, was he? So I thought, you know, I mean, yeah, he's there now, but, you know, is, is he the most appropriate to be signed? Mm. Why can't we sign it? <laughs> second thing is, second thing is, um, that his signature in inverted commas I mean it's you wouldn't you wouldn't know that it says Phil Spencer right it's one of um, those it's one of those but what you do know is, so it, it begins with a P and then the second word isn't Spencer it's P3 what uh, which is his his Twitter handle isn't it so I wonder if he's become his Twitter handle and that's how he signs his checks <laughs> Fair enough, well, maybe that's his surname. That's his surname. It's not Spencer anymore. It's P3. Obviously makes it easier if your check bounces. Uh, then you can get directly <laughs> in touch with him, can't you? It's very good. Well, this is it. So I think that we should all buy one and then we should all learn to copy Phil Spencer's signature. And then, um, yeah, it also did remind me that I've registered, because he's Xbox P3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Xbox P4. Of course you do. Of course you do. So, <laughs> of course you do. Well done, Simon. Um, well, uh, tw- so 20 years, Steve, uh, of the Xbox. What are your memories of it? I mean, obviously, the uh, <laughs> my biggest memory of the Xbox is of... I know we'll certainly have talked about this on one of the shows before, if not like several, is of taking our dev kit F- Xbox, which arrived at Edge under heavy security uh, because it was a pre-release version of the console. Uh, I think we were the only people in the UK apart from official Xbox magazine to have a, have a copy so we could review Halo and it had Halo built in and I had to take it home over the weekend and I remember carrying it in a rucksack through a dodgy part of Bath which admittedly a dodgy part of Bath is not you know, <laughs> but still, uh, getting it back to my uh, my house in Oldfield Park in Bath and playing all of Halo and being absolutely blown away by a game I did not expect to love. Uh, my other dominant memory of, of of Xbox as well as Halo is Jet Set Radio Future, uh, which is such a brilliant, brilliant game and much better, I think, than the original Jet Set Future. Jet Set Future, Jet Set Radio, uh, fight me. Uh, do you remember how big the controller was? Absolutely massive, like and painful to use, like really bad design. The the fact that the buttons that you have to press on the face of the button uh, controller are not flat, that they have that kind of jeweled, uh, you know, curvature to it, just made it really, really painful to use. Uh, do you remember? I think we we probably covered this before, but uh, do you remember um, on all the sort of uh, the PR fanfare around it when Microsoft did stated in a press release that Xbox had already entered yeah. uh, um, language culture, yeah. uh, and that some people were people on the on the ski slopes were describing things as totally Xbox, <laughs> a, phrase, a phrase that has never been used <laughs> since anywhere. I do remember that. I, 
I've searched in vain for that press release because I believe it was. I, I'm fairly sure I put that in Edge somewhere at the time. It was in uh, in Red Eye, uh, but yeah, ridiculous. But um, well done to them for building such a. Uh, a strong presence in the console market from a point where no one thought that was going to be successful, right? Like at no, the time. No, it. No, happy birthday, Xbox. All right, I've got a new story about another hardware launch, and this is about the Playdate, uh, which is a hardware platform that you would assume Simon Byron would be very excited about, and then would subsequently end up on eBay or in a canal. Uh, This says, Playdate launch delayed until early 2022 due to critical battery issues. This is from Chris Kerr and it is on gamedeveloper.com. Panic's crank-touting handheld, the Playdate, has been delayed until 2022 because of a critical battery issue. Um... Panic explained that a problem with the device's battery was found late in the day, and this has resulted in the company replacing all of the batteries of all Playdate's current in production. So that's a shame uh, for them. Uh, they've built up such a uh, such a good, forgiving, community-based fan base. I'm sure they will be fine with that at the moment, at least anyway. Uh, it's very, very hard to get hold of one of these things. Simon, do you have one? I do not have one, no. Uh, why, Even I don't have one. Why didn't you pre-order a Playdate? It was... Um, I think it went for pre-order at a time when uh, I just felt that, you know, I, I probably got enough stuff at the moment. <laughs> and certainly, you know, I've I've got enough stuff with a crank on it. I've got as many things with a crank that a man should have, right. which I think is none. I think that's no... I don't think you should have any cranks. What if you've got um, a well? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a gimmick too far for me, sadly. I like the idea of it. It was a bit too expensive. I, I like the idea of the seasons that they're doing. I did think about ordering it as a gift for Kate, um, but didn't. Yeah, I think it is a very good gift for someone, but I've... I mean, I love uh, the device. I love the look at it. Look of it. I love Teenage Engineering, who was built with uh, everything they make is beautiful. But I have many Teenage Engineering devices already that I don't use, and I really don't need another one of those. I think the software is going to be really, really exciting. They've got so many good game developers making things for them, uh, and I'm looking forward to being tempted into buying one when they're not so scarce. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they'll get over these production issues soon and I will get a, get a chance to not have one uh, in the future. That's uh, Have they said how many units they have to replace the batteries on? I mean, that sounds like a boring job, doesn't it? 20,000 uh, oh, is how many man. of them they sold on pre-order and it's said here that they've had to replace all the batteries uh, currently in Ugh. production. So yeah, Ugh. that does sound annoying, doesn't it? Not fun. Uh, next story, again from Video Games Chronicle, written this evening. We're broadcasting this on Sunday. Uh, it's written an hour ago, actually, so this is hot off the press as we read it, but uh, probably not as you listen to it. Call of Duty Vanguard's UK launch was the lowest of any series entry in the modern era, VGC understands. On Sunday, GamesIndustry.biz published physical and digital sales data from GSD, which shows that Vanguard's opening week was down 40% year-on-year compared to Call of Duty's previous premium entry, Black Ops Cold War. Subsequent data shared by VGC's own sources suggests that Vanguard was actually Call of Duty's lowest performing launch in 14 years. 
Only the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the game that kicked off the modern era of COD in 2007, sold fewer copies during its opening week. Sales data seen by VGC suggests... Um, as noted by GSGI.biz, even though Vanguard's results would be disappointing for publisher Activision, Vanguard is still the second biggest UK launch of the year behind FIFA 22. A factor that may have contributed to Vanguard's performance decline is the fact it's arrived during a console hardware transition with high competition from Halo Infinite and Battlefield. Call of Duty also has a hugely popular free-to-play title in Warzone, which didn't exist before last year. How do you feel about that, uh, Steve? Well, you know what, Simon? I thought something was up. Uh, six days ago, I had a sort of little bit of a clue that something was going on with this franchise. Almost uh, a forewarning from the uh, PR, who uh, we got. Someone got in touch and said, "Hi, Steve. Hope you have a nice weekend." Uh, with Call of Duty Vanguard launching last Friday, I wanted to see if you'd like a review code for it. No, that has <laughs> never happened before, is it? It's not. And I thought, hello. What's going on here? Um, unfortunately, I've been really busy this week. Uh, as I said, I haven't had a chance to play any games or request review copies. Of wow, and so, as a result, yeah, sales quite, are down 40%. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't even know it was out. No. Um, I saw an advert for it and thought, oh, it's coming out soon, is it? And uh, no, out now. Yeah, so, well, maybe, Simon, maybe I can reply to uh, this kind person and say, yes, we would like a copy of this game. Um, would, you, would you like a copy of this game, Simon? I would, yeah, on which, PC. On PC. PC, yeah, which is, uh, the, yeah, I mean, they'll have loads of codes on PC. Yes. Tell them that we'll stick it on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I will do. Uh, I'll reply do, do. and CC you. Uh, and we'll right. see, oh, see your review next week. See how, see what that does to the sales figures. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a new story somewhere in one of these tabs. Uh, huh. Here we go. Um, Back for Blood. Have you heard of Back for Blood, Simon? I have. You should have done because it's made by Turtle Rock Studios and they are friends of the show, aren't they? Um, They are working, apparently, right now to get the difficulty of their new game, Back for Blood, uh, just right. We want it tense, we want it challenging, we we do not want it unmanageable, we don't want to be unfair. This is by Vicky Blake uh, at Eurogamer. Singling out the rate at which ridden mutations spawn, the overzealous trauma damage system, and a refocusing of playstyles away from speedrunning, the dev team admitted in a new post that the bugs in the game are making it far more difficult than intended. Um, we don't want it to be unmanageable. We don't want it to be unfair. That's our mission. Players must have agency, etc. It's almost there, said Eurogamer in their review. It's almost quite special, but it's falling short of that, and it's messy treat of a game so have you played back for blood Simon? i haven't no i, I mean i'm obviously quite interested in it but yeah time i mean it's available yeah. on game pass so i've got no excuse it's seen over six million players uh, since it launched a month ago but i think the interesting thing about this is this is a battle for any game like this this is a, you know there is a gap there they've pinpointed it pretty well people have been wanting a sequel to left uh for dead what was the final left for dead called left three dead <laughs> No, oh, no. Um, um, no, it's just Left 4 Dead 2, isn't it? Is it? All right. Left 4 Dead. They've been wanting a next Left 4 Dead for ages. Uh, and 
it makes perfect sense since Valve don't seem to be interested to go away, make that game, make it with your characters, make it better. Turtle Rock, perfect studio to do just that. But when you launch one of these games, it's far from the end now. Keeping the community engaged is absolutely vital because as soon as people start to drop off, um, then your game's over. And in games like this, if people feel it's unfair, they can drop off pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, you're forced into mitigating these things with statements on Reddit. Yeah, it's um, it's obviously particularly challenging if people aren't as invested in the game uh, through having spent actual money on it. So mm. that's 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 the the real challenge with a Game Pass title is that um, people don't get on with it immediately. They've got absolutely no loyalty to it, and and actually the only thing that they really care about is the space it's taken up on their hard drive, yeah. um, which is you know, which is becoming a, you know, a real juggling problem uh, week in week out. So yeah, and I don't know. It it just and. We'll, we will talk about this shortly, but it just comes on to the fact that, you know, games don't seem to launch anymore, do they? Mm. Because they launch and then there's a list of apologies, um, <laughs> something happens and then they patch it. And then, you know, two two or three months down the line is when the game that everybody wanted it to be is available to play. But by then, you know, lots of people have just sort of bounced off it and moved on. So... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think this was a thing when early access games first started to emerge that people were like, oh, this is great. We're going to get two launches. We can launch, soft launch in, people will play it, we'll get better. And then we can have our big PR hit after three months or six months or a year. But yeah, you know, um, Noita, my favourite game of last year, came out long after I had finished playing it. And... Uh, you don't really get two hits like that. People start to play it and slowly it slips into people's heads and then it's over. So it's a dangerous game, the early access model, I think. Uh, yeah, but if you do it op- you know, with your eyes open and with the best of intentions, you know, so did, so did you provide any feedback on, on the game that you were playing? Absolutely not, no. Well, you know, people that, that that do tend to buy into early access mm-hmm. do that on the understanding that that you know that their voice will be heard, and 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 it shouldn't necessarily be about you know bugs because that's what you pay QA for. It should be about balance and mm. systems and features and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you were obviously happy with it in its state. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. With Noita, which is just unbelievably brilliant, I still don't know whether it's Noita or Noita. It's uh, still, you know, absolutely fantastic game, and it was good enough when I played it. But I remember feeling similarly about um, what's that game called where you're on Subnautica? Um, and Subnautica spent forever in early access, and I was excited about it. I thought this sounds like my sort of thing. Really, really want to play it. And I thought I'll wait until it's finished. I'll wait until it's finished. I'll wait until it's finished. By the time it was finished, everyone else had already played it. Uh, and I wasn't excited about it anymore, and I've never gone back to it. Never, never actually tried it. Um, and then it's faced with the—is uh, it Subnautica Below Zero, um, which is the sequel? Um, going through the same cycle right now, which is—oh, is it finished? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It suits some people. For me, sometimes it puts me off as much as it draws me in. So the uh, my final news story this week uh, covers a game that is having problems at launch. Um, now, Steve, if you were working at Rockstar, you were in charge, in charge of uh, shipping uh, the Grand Theft Auto, uh, the definitive editions, mm-hmm. which contains GTA Three, 
GTA Vice City and GTA San Andreas. If you were the, you were in charge of that, you were the foreman. What's the one thing you'd make sure you did? <laughs> I'd say, all right, everybody. In many ways, we've been through this before. <laughs> like these are all games we have shipped before, so we can learn lessons from what we've been through on each of the times we've, you know, we've shipped these games and. Obviously, there were highs, and I want you to hold those highs close, but of course, there were lows as well, things that uh, caused embarrassment and caused the company great financial damage. Can we please, please, please not go through the hot coffee thing again? <laughs> well, that now, now, you've definitely deleted the hot <laughs> coffee files, have you, from the from the definitive version? 100%. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to say, right, cool, ship it. Um <laughs> Video Games Chronicles writes, uh, the headline is, GTA Trilogy Chaos Continues as Hot Coffee Sex Minigame Files Reportedly Uncovered. Rockstar confirmed it's pulled Definitive Edition on PC to remove unintentionally included files. Um, that potentially includes unlicensed music, full game scripts with developer notes, and even files claimed by users to be related to the infamous canned San Andreas sex minigame Hot Coffee. At the time of writing, GTA Trilogy has been unavailable on PC for nearly two days. Rockstar's PC Games launcher finally went back online after a 24-hour downtime on Saturday, but the definitive edition remains locked out. Uh, the Rockstar Games Launcher is now online, but GTA The Trilogy, the, the definitive edition, is unable to play or purchase as we remove files unintentionally included in these versions, Rockstar support team confirmed on Saturday. We're sorry for the disruption and hope to have the correct ones up soon. Have you got the correct files now? <laughs> 100%. That's why I ship it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been... Um, obviously, we're talking about the launch of GTA, uh, the definitive edition on... Uh, on all the formats um, and it's been a troubled launch in many ways uh, you know if you just look at you know what is claimed to be the definitive edition doesn't feel like it like it really is but this idea that um, those that had bought it on PC were then unable to play it or have been unable to play it for two days because of this error just seems absolutely farcical and and again highlights this idea that you know yes we all love the convenience of digital but if somebody decides they don't want you to place it anymore <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it yeah it's absolutely amazing um and it's also i wonder whether it seems like this it seemed like this release was an open goal for rockstar like these are games that people have you know, obviously uh, grown up with, loved so much. And just to re-release them seems like, yeah, how can they screw this up? But I've been thinking a lot about this the last week while this has been happening and think people have also kind of been waiting for Rockstar to fall, haven't they, for a while? Because I think the feeling is with GTA V that everyone was blown away by that game. I remember actually you talking about it when the trailer came out on One Life Left and just being like, well, they're making every game. Like yeah. that's that seems to be their you know their their pitch in the trailer is this is the one game you need. It's got everything in it. Everyone loved GTA Five, but people don't love GTA Online. Um, they you know especially GTA players because that, what they want is GTA Six. Rockstar don't need GTA Six because they've got GTA Online and it's making a ludicrous amount of money even now. Um, so. 
while you know there's obviously been problems with with launch and of course this is a ridiculous one or seeing all the sh- stuff they've shipped apart from hot coffee the accidental files that are in there as well is is crazy i think as well it's fallen at a time when all of those people who are just waiting to kick rockstar have now got the stick to do that you don't kick someone with a stick do you you can <laughs> maybe you can in the gta edition it's that uh janky but uh, they've got the weapon to hit Rockstar with right now, and that is this thing, which is very, very easy to make fun of. So we shall see. Uh, you know, uh, good luck, PC players. Although, you know, um, in some sense, PC owners should be grateful that they don't have to play it because <laughs> there are certainly um, some 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 bits of the definitive edition that are pretty shonky. Mm. All right, is that all of our news? It's all of my news. It's all of mine. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Very, very, If I'm sitting in Libya in the desert and I'm doing any research with capital labor without ever having heard of Karl Marx, I will come to the same conclusion that he did. That any time capital seeks to dominate labor, there'll be a ruthless, uncompromising struggle on the part of labor until it comes to crush capital and dominate it. This is a fact. One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Slightly different sound to the show uh, this week because I'm recording from a spare room in someone else's house. Don't worry, we'll be back to the low-key noises of South London and the traffic outside my room next week. Um, We're also, as well as a radio show on the brilliant Resonance FM, we're also a podcast. You can find that at www.resonancefm.com. You can find it on Spotify, we think, although there are some problems with that at the moment. Uh, you can read on the website our show notes written by our under caretaker Phil Uh, there you can find a link to our One Life Left Discord please join us there for show gossip and you can find uh, links to the songs that we are playing this show uh, maybe playing in the background right now I've got got nothing to add to that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, at least let me say team at one life left at some point. I just thought, no, I just thought we were, we'd cut back to Simon and he'd have something relevant. So, admittedly, I didn't lead you into anything uh, particularly, particularly useful. Uh, should we get on with the letters? Yeah, I, well, actually, I was using that time when you were uh, just updating everybody on who we are and what we do and where they can find us. I was using that to get onto the Discord, uh, which I now am. Okay, congratulations. There are some letters Thanks. there. Uh, there are also some letters in our inbox, I think. Um, this is the letters section. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. Simon. So this is from the uh, hashtag the mailbag on the Discord. Uh... Morgizi writes, Dear team, the horse in Elden Ring is called Torrance. Is this a, de- a deliberate ploy from by from to reduce piracy? When searching for Elden Ring Torrent, you'll be much more likely to get an unsolicited horse pick than a shady <laughs> download. Will this continue with Sony releasing Gran Turismo 7 Fit Girl Repack? Will the next <laughs> Zelda feature Magnet Link? Possibly not. Oh, that's. I mean, I didn't know that, but I hope that's true. That's very clever. That is very, very clever, isn't it? Um, uh, Simon, have you had a chance to look more at Elden Ring over last week? No, uh, there was a news story about how some, how the network test codes were being sold on eBay for quite a lot of money, um, and somebody somebody described it on Twitter as um, souls born crossed with Breath of the Wild. So. Um, let's just use those those words when any, anybody asks us, us about it. Okay, perfect. Um, we have another letter here from Posty83. Uh, it says, Dear team and definite SSG, I sent an email back on the 14th of October and I'm wondering if your mail server may have sorted me into the trash. I'm hoping that's the case and it's not that I've upset you or that my question was indeed that bad. Thank you, as uh, thank you as always, your other loyal listener, Adam. P.S. What's going on with Spotify? I feel I should apologise for not living in London and being able to listen live. Don't worry, Adam, it's not your fault. Something is going on with Spotify. Now, 14th of October. Um, we do have an email here, which I assume we've read out on the show because it's marked as red in my inbox. I, well, my um, One Life Left... Uh spam filter on gmail is i mean we've fallen foul of it before because it's been a bit aggressive however i'm just peeking into my spam now uh steve and there's a lot of stuff going on in there <laughs> that google doesn't think i should be reading and i have to say i agree with it um there's a lot about bitcoin um there's something about enlarging bits of two emails about enlarging bits of your body my body um well, it is addressed to me. Um, there's, a, there's a lady called Mia who wants to do something. I mean, she's she put it in the subject line. It's uh, not very <laughs> subtle, is it? Anyone could be reading over your shoulder. Um, oh, exactly. I've got an. E- I've found Adam's uh, email. It says, uh, "Dear Team Impossible SSG, as I've aged gracefully with the games around me, stop me if you've heard this before, Simon." 
I find myself trying new genres. I've never really had the skill set for online first-person shooters, but I find myself captivated with videos of Escape from Tarkov. So why not give it a try, I thought to myself. It turns out the reason why is because it's a brutal, harsh and unforgiving environment with a learning curve steeper than a very steep thing. I find that I get angry at myself for not having the reaction times needed or the skill to shoot the other players first. Yet, I am still compelled to try and continue my journey. What games have you been so angry at that you've just abandoned or that you've played through the anger to some kind of completion? Pip Pip, your other loyal listener, Adam. We've had a long time to think about that, haven't we? We've had exactly a month. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I do find that with with many games that if I don't feel that I'm good at them immediately, then, you know, I, I, I doubt my own ability to improve. So mm. um, I am quite unforgiving. I definitely found that generally. with uh, Cuphead. That initially I played it, I thought this is beautiful, it's my sort of thing. But even before I got to the first boss, I was like, this is just, it's one of those sort of games that I hated in the 80s, like a scrolling, <laughs> you know, like Metal Slug or whatever, uh, in the 90s, scrolling left to right game, oh, punishing jumps, get killed by enemies, die, repeat, die, repeat. And then I got to the first boss and remembered that I hated boss battles. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, no, uh, and gave that up almost immediately. But I do sometimes get compelled by games like N++ like, or, or Super Meat Boy, like really, really hard um, platformers like that. Or um, The End Is Nigh, is that, was, that, uh, was that the Super Meat Boy-ish one? Celeste, it was, yeah. The, the yeah. really hard uh, strawberries to get in Celeste as well. Um, I can find those fast loop challenges really really good like when you just you die in three seconds and you're back you try that jump again try again and try again um the longer those levels are the bigger those levels are the less i enjoy those games and certainly the later levels on n plus plus where it's just punishing for the from the very first moment up until uh you know two minutes in i can't be doing with those uh but yeah there is a sweet spot of difficulty which like tempts me through i think Good letter. Uh, you don't need to apologise for not living in London. I don't live in London, uh, but you can listen live online, uh, which is what many of our listeners do do. So uh, do check out resonancefm.com uh, seven o'clock on Mondays, and you'll be able to be uh, up to date, bang up to date. Which I wasn't on the twenty seventh of October. Look, I've got an email here. It says, "Hi, you're one of our, one of one of our lucky beneficiaries to receive a three point six million dollar <sighs> one of them." <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's 3.6 million others, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, Weasel Spoon wrote today on the Discord, Hello team, hello SSG. Today I've been to an exhibition about a film recreating props and scenes from Wes Anderson's French Dispatch. What game would you like to see exhibited? Which scenes would you rebuild in a gallery? Which props would you like to hold? For some reason, an inventory screen life-size with replica weapons to fit like a jigsaw puzzle has jumped into my mind. Pip Pip Robert, um, I saw uh, one of my wife's friends actually uh, who uh, posted on Facebook uh, this this very week that uh, he broke um, his leg on a road trip around America ten years ago, uh, which had to cut which cut short his trip. And the game that uh, kept him going was Xenobra- Xenoblade Chronicles. It's a picture of him on Facebook this week, having just bought the replica sword. <laughs> Because he can do. Just really happy going, this game means a lot to me, and now I've got the replica sword. So 
Um, I would guess that would be an appropriate one. There's a lot of talk at the moment about Metal Gear. I mean, all, all the anniversaries are happening at the moment, and it's it's 20 years since Metal Gear Solid 2, um, which is a story... Uh, yeah, which is... Um, I mean, it's a bonkers game. Like many of the Metal Gear games, uh, there's, there's a lot wrong with it. However, it's doing so many interesting things. There was a thread on Twitter where somebody just referenced some Easter eggs from it recently. That so much going on in it. Such, such an interesting story um, at the time. I think that would make an ideal candidate, in my mind. What about you, Steve? I've never uh, been into sort of video game collectibles, really. I've never uh, enjoyed the steel cases or the figurines or uh, that kind of things. I mean, that's not to say my home isn't cluttered, but it is cluttered with an enormous amount of other nonsense, mostly to do with cricket and Lego and, you know, actual video game systems. So that feeling of, like, tangibility in worlds, I don't, I haven't really thought about it before. If I think about, like, what world I'd... Well, superficially, if I think about what world would I like to visit, there are two answers. Uh, Animal Crossing... I think would be charming and relaxing and all of the aesthetics in that, like every object is uh, is like beautifully designed and the interactions, the simple interactions with these things are, are great as well. It could be really, really like pure experience. But my first answer was like, what do I think is the most tactile game? And I genuinely think it's Super Monkey Ball. I've always thought that, that it's just such a playground and so smooth and uh, at least for Monkey Ball 1, these courses are, yeah, beautiful, smooth, uh, fun world to be in. However, if you think about the practicalities of being in that world and able to explore it, that's probably not very fun. Like being trapped inside a ball and falling (laughs) (laughs) eternally. um, Yeah, it sounds like actual hell. Uh, Lazcam wrote on the Discord, Dear team, as a kid playing games like Day of the Tentacle, I dreamed of a future when games could be represented with the same fidelity of actual cartoons. Now the kids can get this level of quality on a Kindle, and it seems all they want to play is Minecraft and Roblox, which look like a dog's dinner. Does this mean the kids of today just have a better perspective on quality than I did? Love the show. Lawrence. Mm, Good question. I mean, I would not... Do you think Minecraft looks like a dog's dinner on your ray trace uh, RTX system? No, uh, no, it does not. And I am, uh, you know, as we discussed a few weeks ago, I'm looking forward to Ramona getting into it um, and hopefully showing me a bit more how to play it properly, etc. Um, but yeah, and I mean, obviously, Roblox does look like a dog's dinner, but uh, it's just a Minecraft, style, yeah. isn't it? And I, I. I really really I, I quite like Minecraft style I think it's uh, you know I think it's good and I think it can look really really good um, Roblox I think Roblox is like ost- like ostensibly ugly like right right from the start the sort of things that look like Lego knockoffs uh, the, the lead characters but I've seen thing, people do really really good things with it and I I didn't spend the time uh, climbing Terry Kavanagh's giant man thinking this universe is ugly. I thought that he'd done great things within the limitations. So I think you probably can build really, really nice things in Roblox as well. Again, it's just a style. But I do take um, I take Lawrence's point, and I think maybe maybe that uh, he's he's made his own point there that when we were kids 
we were always stretching out to a future where, you know, oh, can you believe when these graphics are, will be photorealistic and everything will look like movies? I can't believe that will ever happen, but what if it could? And now it can, and what we see is the games are kind of still exactly the same as they were, right? There are some new types of games, but broadly, the experiences aren't that different to the interactions we've had for the last 20 years. And so we know now that graphics aren't the solution. Style is the solution. And the style in Roblox and Minecraft may not be to your taste, Lawrence, uh, but I'm sure that the style in Dizzy uh, or um, Night Law may not be to um, our children's taste. I think that's it for letters uh, from what I could see, Steve, unless there's anything else. Well, we did have a note from regular correspondent Chris Conroy which said that um, he he was sure that he had sent us a letter. But I've been um, looking around for... Uh, Chris Conroy writes, It was strange there were no letters this week. When I say writes, I mean posts on the Discord, which is the same thing in 2021. I'm sure I submitted one on time. Maybe it triggered some kind of quality litigation threshold. <laughs> but he hasn't sent another one. Um, no. The last one we have from Chris, you know, who... You know, if you're a regular listener to One Life Left, you'll have heard Chris's letters in pretty much all of the shows for the last however long. Uh, the last one we had is from the 24th of October, and it's the one about in-game cameos. We definitely did that on the show. What is going on? Maybe we're being sabotaged, Steve. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, Chris, please send us a letter next week. Also, thank you all uh, to our regular letter writers all of our other regular letter writers and to adam uh, as well and if you have a letter for us please email it in to team at onelifeleft.com or just drop it on the discord We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. This week, we have broadly been talking about video games, which is sort of unusual. We're about 40 minutes into the show, which means another 20 minutes left, something like that. I'm slightly guessing because I haven't put the music in to the show yet, but it's, you know, it's roughly that. Don't set your watches by One Life Left. Look at your watches or your phones or ask Alexa, that kind of thing. Um, I've got one piece of news, which is... Simon, One Life Left, uh, we started a thing uh, 10 years ago called Marioki, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And this month, post-pandemic or whatever we are in now, uh, Marioki made its return to loading, uh, to the loading bar. Not the one in Dalston, that's closed now, but the one, it's just opened in Peckham uh, in South London, and we played a very, uh, very, very, very early tech gig there last Wednesday and it was amazing Simon it was super super good very small audience intimate performance you would describe it as uh, but it was great it was lovely to be back with our friends at Loading um, obviously we're really really grateful to Rule Zero to, for hosting us for the last three months as well uh, that's been brilliant but that's sat down and now Simon people can stand up at the front of the show Whoa. I know and sing along um, had few new singers uh they loved it but more than that i absolutely loved it uh too because it felt genuinely like we were home which means we are launching properly uh next well actually this friday sorry friday the 19th of november uh we're doing a proper first comeback gig at loading in peckham so if anyone 
hears this on Resonance FM or on the podcast and wants to come along, please, please do so, whether it's your first Mariaki or your, I think we're on 162 now, something like that. Whatever, wow. whatever number of Mariakis you've attended before, this is one to show up to. It's our comeback gig and entry is free. Everyone can come along, although obviously, uh, you know, if everyone did, we'd hit capacity. <laughs> so don't do that. I mean, you know, manage it amongst yourselves. Uh, I'm sure that'll be fine. It's a big venue and uh, the bar is great. So please come along. Sadly, I won't be able to make it because I'll be returning from Leeds, uh, where I am on um, Thursday, uh, going up Thursday, coming back Friday, um, coming back from Leeds, and not Liverpool, where I booked the hotel, it transpired. <laughs> How did you get those Thank confused? You. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm well aware of the difference between Liverpool and Leeds. Um, I can only assume that the hotel I'm staying in is so trendy that I got a bit confused by its UI. <laughs> But I've never been more grateful for uh, Google's automated sort of feed uh, where I was scrolling on on my phone and went, oh, um, you've got an upcoming trip to Leeds and Liverpool. (laughs) Right. And and like for a moment, because it's my birthday soon, I thought maybe Kate's doing something that it's got a bit confused. Uh. And I'm like... I hope she's not taking me to Liverpool. I mean, I've got nothing against Liverpool, but I just don't want to go there for pleasure. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, I, and then, and then it's like, oh, I did. I booked the hotel in Liverpool. Fortunately, past me in this post-pandemic world is still uh, still doesn't uh, count on certainties. So I booked the best flexible rate, which meant I could cancel up until four pm on the day of arrival, which I have done. Well done, Simon. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, that could have been embarrassing, wasn't it? Like, Travelling with a colleague. Hi. Yeah, we've got some rooms. <laughs> do you? No, you don't. Oh, and you uh, and you run our games division, do you? Yes, I do. You don't know where anything is. Sounds like the start to a uh, very specific movie where you end up having to go to Liverpool instead, not Leeds. Wait, which one were you meant to go to? Leeds. Okay, so you end up having to go to Liverpool and urgently sign a game there in 24 hours. Oh. You can't. You can't let your colleague know that you've gone to the wrong destination. So you've got to quickly meet people, um, and it becomes a farce. But you end up signing something. What do I do about the um, the original event I'm supposed to be speaking at? Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah, uh. I have to flip between the two. You phone it in. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> I saw I mean, Charles I... Cecil trying to do that at an event on Twitter the other day. What, f- phone it in? Yeah, he was He was. He was basically, um, f- as he does on Twitter, Charles Cecil, he's the uh, you know, raconteur and developer of the Broken Sword games and Beneath the Still Sky and that. Uh, he's a lovely guy, but I saw him on Twitter tweeting at one of the guys who was about to do a conference with an event and say, yeah, the trains aren't working to York, so it's all getting a bit tight, but don't worry, we'll work something out. Saw behind the curtain a bit then, I thought. Um, well, at least he can't be giving COVID to people, then, no, can he? <laughs> uh, anyway, he made it to the event, I think. Or made it home, so he could he could literally phone it in. Um, right, is it time for reviews? I think it probably, should, probably is. Simon, please tell me you've been playing something this week. 
Well, um, I was literally just playing. We've got quite into the Mario Kart tournaments, um, uh, the family here. When Dex is over, we play with him. But it was just the three of us this evening, Kate, Ramona and I. And uh, I just lost. <laughs> so I, ju- I just didn't win the most recent one. So uh, congratulations how's, to Kate. How's Ramona doing? Um, because we know that previously uh, you were excited when she came seventh. And then I think she'd come sixth in a race. Yeah, she's enjoying it. I mean, we played three championships. I did win two, and then the reason we played a third is because Kate hadn't won, I think. Right. Uh, anyway, she did do it, and then I stormed off to do the show. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, I think that was one cha- one Grand Prix too many for Ramona. Okay. But, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice, nice to gather everybody around. Uh, so we played that. But um, along with uh, Mario Kart, the old game, the other old game I've been playing is uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, you have? Uh, okay. The definitive edition. Right. Uh, you know, f- forget all forget all the versions of Grand Theft Auto you've played before, Steve. This is the actual one. And by definitive, like, you know we accidentally put Billie Jean in, like, the, in, in the first one. Well, that's not in there anymore. Is, oh. it, is it actually? I'm going to show, show my ignorance on <laughs> whether, whether it was that or Vice City. But um, they've uh, removed some... Um, music. Uh, they've added in quality of life um, improvements, uh, so improved weapon aiming um, and uh, improved checkpointing. Um, and look, I mean, it's it's the worst way to play one of the best games um, on Switch. So what I've decided to do is 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 try and play through them in order. Um, you know, I do remember my time with them very, very fondly. You know, like moving from the top-down two D sort of carnage of the first two Grand Theft Autos to the to the first sort of fully realised open world. Um, and, you know, and all the sort of uh, uh, tricks that it's doing, and all the things that you'd never seen before, like like the like the um, such an expansive soundtrack, uh, which um, was uh, so familiar to, to many people at, at the time. And and the thought is, right, like it came out on PlayStation 2 20 years ago. I mean, I'm not technical, as we know, but I think that the Switch is more, is certainly powerful enough to handle a PlayStation 2 game. Evidently not. Um, what they've decided to do is improve the graphics, and that's absolutely subjective. Um, you know, make uh, better lighting, what have you. Um, arguably, they've made it uglier in places, but but the frame rate on Switch is absolutely appalling. So yeah, uh, back in uh, Liberty City, um, uh, I've got off the first island. Um, the improvements are difficult to see. Um, you know, the aiming is still, you know, hit or miss, which again isn't what you want when you're trying to shoot a gun. Um, but despite that sorry and the fact that uh, these checkpoints they've added in certainly in gta 3 um aren't as generous as you would like you know you still it's sure it's it's it drops out some of the um going from where you last saved to 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 the cut to sort of be given the mission but there's still a lot of needless uh repeating the same routes to get to a mission once you're on it and so that's a bit annoying but despite that, I'm having a really good time with it. Um, 
so yeah you know what, what well actually i was playing a mission recently where you had to um flamethrower some some a certain number of of uh of uh, npcs and um what struck me about that particular mission which i had to repeat many times was that actually it wasn't spawning as many of these npcs as i felt it should and uh I was like, well, this is really hard. And I failed it sort of four or five times. And then it occurred to me that uh, that the time of day that I'd started that mission, that it was raining in-game, right? And so that adds complexity to the to the visuals and I'd imagine adds to the processing overload. And so I thought, hang on a minute. It's like it would a way uh, to maintain a, a certain level of frame rate be on switch to optimize that if it's raining then you don't spawn as many characters and sure enough <laughs> um i quit out the mission restarted during the uh the following day when it was sunny and i think i passed it i, I think i passed it next go i then looked at the ps2 version on youtube uh, just to, again, just to see how many of these characters were spawning, and just to see whether it was an issue specifically with the Switch version there and then, and and yeah, absolutely, there were loads of them all the time. But you know, I, I, looking back at that game twenty years ago, I, you know, this enhanced version adds nothing to the game. I think it looked better back then. Um, it certainly had more charm and appeal. You know, rough around the edges, certainly. But there you go. But you know. I've, you've never been able to play Grand Theft Auto 3 on handheld. I, I'd never finished it. And so, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing here. So I am enjoying it, but I wish that they'd just put the PS2 version on and just be done with it. And sure, I understand things that, you know, um, licenses expire with the music. You know, you can, you, I think people can can work around that. But it's just the, you know, improving the visuals that reduce the frame rate, I just sort of really struggle with. So it's really good. I don't really like it, 7 out of 10. I think the point about improving the visuals is really interesting because it's not like that kind of aesthetic is uncool right now. I've seen quite a few games on Steam who are going, yeah, we're shooting for a kind of PS2 aesthetic. So it feels like an easy win for them. No one wants to play the game. I mean, I saw their... I saw their trailer videos, which did that kind of wipe across that said, look, this is what it looks like. Oh, sorry, this is what it looked like, and this is what it looks like now. And I, it was probably like a shrug for me, like, so what? It's not, you know, they've upscaled it to um, to next-gen graphics. It just looked a bit shinier. Um, it looked like it was running under an emulator with some settings switched on, um, which isn't what you're playing this for. You're playing it for the nostalgia as much as anything. Um, yeah, and I, I feel stupid. Like, I mean, again, I saw those videos and, you know, they so they never said what formats those videos were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, the silence around confirming the soundtrack or yeah. actually saying anything about it, the lack of reviews should absolutely have been a, a red flag. I, I just assumed that a 20-year-old PlayStation 2 game should run at an acceptable level on the Switch and I was so keen to play it that I that I pre I bought it um I, I pre-ordered it. Sorry, my friend from America did. He actually played the the the, the equivalent of forty four pounds rather than the forty nine pounds <laughs> sterling that it would cost me. Um, and so uh, yeah, um, and when you divide that across the three games, you know, you know, am I am I 
annoyed I didn't wait for the physical version so I could have immediately sold that on eBay. I don't know. I do. I am going to work through it. And I, I've, I've read comments online that say that the Vice City is an improvement in terms of frame rate. And I hope that by the time I get there, then uh, they will have patched them and, and it'll hopefully it'll be uh, much easier and much smoother. I mean, look, if they can get Dying Light running at 30 frames a second, uh, it, it's, it's absolutely shameful. And given that these are based on mobile phone ports as well, which I think ran better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hoping that some patches will solve these issues um, before I get to uh, Vice City. Simon, I've just realised something incredible. Does this mean that Edge's classic review of GTA 3, <laughs> which gave it 6 out of 10, is finally correct? Oh, potentially, although Edge has been uh, whitewashed from the game. Really? The the Edge cover? Yeah, yeah that's gone. <laughs> Uh, I think someone's highlighted that 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 was that was um, there was a uh, a riff on an edge cover in yeah. one of the apartments. Yeah, it was that's Earth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's gone. That's I, gone. I, if I was Edge right now, knowing all of this, I would just publish that review of GTA Three with the same score at the bottom, <laughs> just, because that would be perfect. Great, uh, we're right up against. I think we're running out of time, Steve. We are. Um, I think that's it. But thank you, Simon. Uh, it's been good. Thank you for joining me at the Albert Hall in this cavern, echoey cavern. We'll be back to a more normal environment next week. Thank you to everyone for listening uh, at home, whether you're listening on Resonance FM or listening on a podcast provider of your choice. We'll be back in a week, won't we? We will. See you then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.